Gentle Ben Williams gets his number retired. Finally, long time coming. It's going to happen at the Egg Bowl this year. We'll talk about that in just a second. And also, who exactly is Davis Brin? We give you a little bit of background on him, plus Tom Vanderford right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, this Friday edition. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your basic morning show, essentially. Anyway, gentle Ben Williams is finally going to get his number immortalized in the ring at Ole Miss, and I, for one, am here for it. Gentle Ben, he's a little bit before my time, just a little bit. I was born in 76, so while he was at Ole Miss, um, I would have been negative years old, but he's a good player nonetheless and had a nice career with the Buffalo Bills. Anyway, I do want to let you know, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, hit the bell for notifications of videos going up, which happens quite frequently, and of course, upvote the video itself. Participate in the chat as well. We would appreciate that. But General Ben gets the call for to basically, essentially be immortalized. And this is a unique situation because, you know, you go back, there's pictures of like Ben Williams wrestling a bear um, at Ole Miss in his uniform. He did this at halftime of a basketball game. So um, this also goes to show that Ole Miss has always had trouble with getting attendance for a basketball game. So they were able to do whatever. But Williams' jersey retirement ceremony is going to take place at the 2022 Battle of the Golden Egg against Mississippi State on November 24th. He'll be just the fourth player in the Ole Miss storied football history to have his number retired, including Archie Manning, Chucky Mullins, and Eli Manning. Keith Carter says it's an honor to recognize Gentle Ben and his immense impact enshrining his number 74 among the greats to ever wear the red and blue. Few individuals in history of our university have opened more doors for others than Ben in a year in our campus that is celebrating 60 years of integration. The athletics department is excited to forever distinguish Ben, the player and the person for breaking down walls in our football program and helping making Ole Miss what it is today. Ben Williams was really the first step in the modern era of Ole Miss football. Whenever you look at what Ole Miss would become, it was kind of the stepping stone, the breaking point, if you would, of the build that actually had to happen. The stuff that happened before then, yes, there were some great accomplishments that happened back in the day. But this was a new era of football, and Ben Williams kind of gracefully came in and took this role upon himself at a time that wasn't particularly easy. We're dealing, we're talking about like um, nine or ten years post-integration, post-James Meredith. Ben Williams is out there doing that. Three-time All-SEC player, one-time first-team All-American player. He's a really good player. He also, like I said, he played with the Buffalo Bills as well. 
He owns the program record for career sacks at 37, including a single-season record of 18 and 73, although back then sacks was not an official stat. But, I mean, people can go back and watch the film and see exactly what he did. But after he graduated, he contributed tons to the school, Um, not necessarily through money, but by his personality and everything. And by all accounts, was kind of a joy to have around the university. So he was he was an active participant as an alumni that we see. He got the Williams Reed um, Center and the Manning Center. The portion of that um, was dedicated for him back in I don't know. That was um, four or five years ago. Seems like, um, and they did that because Ross Bjork was here um, whenever they did that because you saw his picture up there um, earlier. Um, General Ben, I think, passed away in 2020. Um, he was 65 years old. But just, I hate that he's not going to get to see this, but at least he got that Williams Reed Center dedication for his work that he did at Ole Miss. But this would be an ultimate tribute to just a great person. And he deserved it. And... I think the Ole Miss fan base can kind of take a second um, right now and excel whenever this happens at the Egg Bowl. He gets his number retired. You can excel because I think this is probably the last chapter of that book, that 60-year period of integration. Last chapter of that book. Because Chucky Mullins, that was such a catastrophe and he got his number retired and – all of that, but that was different circumstances. The, this would almost close that chapter, I think. And we'll see how it looks, but Ben Williams getting his number retired. I mean, that's just a fantastic situation. Now, he played on some not-so-great teams. Back in the 70s and 80s, you know, Ole Miss football was kind of Moses wandering in the desert. Um, but they were able to, you know, start the work in the nineties. You know, you've, I have Stuart Patrick on the show, Deuce McAllister, Romero Miller, those players, that core at Ole Miss was the group that turned around this modern program. And we're not going to sugar bowls in the 2015 season and 2021 season. If it was not for the work that they started laying the groundwork for in 1997, 1998, 1999, that era, all the way up to Eli Manning and the Cotton Bowl. All of that. Because it was almost like a mindset change. Up until Tommy Tuberville, everything dealing with Ole Miss sports and Ole Miss football was looking back. Everything was Johnny Vault. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that was what they were doing. You know, the powder blue helmets of Billy Brewer, waking the echoes, all of this stuff. It was all about Johnny Vault. When Tuberville came in, it started to shift. And I'm not giving Tuberville credit for doing this. This is more of the fan base doing this. They started to look ahead and started to be hopeful and eventually started building because, you know, when Billy Brewer was here, as successful as he was, he went to what, four or five bowl games in 12 years or something like that? It was a decent number compared to what they were doing in the 70s, but it wasn't an overall great number because there wasn't that many bowl games. 
Now, the bowl games expanding, ESPN expanding, all of that stuff in the 90s gave the fan base hope of something to look for in the postseason. And as Ole Miss did Independence Bowls and Motor City Bowls and things like that, they had their eye up at the Sugar Bowl, which they always have. That's the one constant in this fan base. And they, in, they saw that as the goal on the hill, and they just worked for it, and they chopped wood, and they chopped wood, and they kept going and kept going. And they might have setbacks, but they always went to the next level when they came back up. Incredibly resilient. Ben Williams was the start of this way back when, the start of this whole era and what he did and what he went through and everything's going on. It was, it's fantastic. And I, I for one, am really, really proud um, that we're doing this. And I actually like that we're doing it on the Egg Bowl because Ben Williams, as a Yazoo City player and everything, that game would have had some meaning for Ben Williams as well. So that, that is pretty cool. So I'm pretty excited about that, as you can probably tell. Anyway, this season is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football, the spice up the college football season. Emphasis on easy to get started and easy to play while you are watching your favorite team. So basically what you need to do, and this is what I did. I think that um Jackson Dart is going to throw over his pass. So you go to underdog and you get a slip and you pick up the higher and lower because there's a number based on there you can go higher or lower and you pick who's going to go higher and I think Jackson Dart's going to have higher stats in this game um, than would be expected so you look at that go in there and you go into your pick them you select that you send it in boom so go to the underdog fantasy and make your own picks that's just my idea make yours get a get an idea of it it's easy to play, and it's available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy-to-play games out there, and you can win hard, cold, hard cash in every single game. So sign up with promo code Locked On. that's one word, Locked On, and the un, an underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's a, deposit 100 bucks, get 100 bucks free. Again, sign up with promo code locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred bucks. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the App Store Google Play Store. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. That's one word locked on and get the college football pick'em action today. All right, thank you for making the Locked On Ole podcast your first listen every day. It is free and available on all platforms, and I hope everybody's having a good time because, you know, we're here to have fun, right? So, we're also available on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. It doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. If you go to the Google machine and type in Ole Miss podcast, boom, first result that pops up is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. So that's what we want. That's what we're trying to build. And that's why I say this every single day. I know it might get tired for some. So I have a question for the Ole Miss fan base because I don't think they know. But who exactly is Davis Brin? Tulsa quarterback Davis Brin. 
He burst on the scene in 2020 in a wild way as the third-team quarterback entered the Tulane game with Tulsa trailing 14 to nothing when he entered the game in the third quarter. He led to Tulsa to 21 fourth-quarter points, including a 37-yard Hail Mary pass to Juwan Carlos Santana as time expired to force overtime. Last season, he completed 244 of 411 passes for 3269 yards, 18 touchdowns in his 13 starts to become just the 10th different Tulsa quarterback to surpass 3,000 yards in a single season. He's now thrown for over 200 yards in 13 of his 16 starts. This is where it gets important. Everybody needs to pay attention to this. He has surpassed 200 yards in the first half in five career games and had three 300 first half passing games and had a 300-plus first-half passing game this year versus Jackson State. Now, his career best was 460 yards at Wyoming. That broke his previous high of 428 yards last year at against Ohio State. I'll say that again, 428 yards against Ohio State. He's not going to be afraid of the moment when he gets to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Horseshoe and everything, he's done this before. So he's thrown for 300-plus yards in his career five times, including all three games this season, and he has three three games of over 400 yards. Now, one thing that you need to know is you really don't need to forget these two because you can't really talk about Davis Brin unless you talk about these guys, and that's Keelan Stokes and Juan Carlos Santana. The boys, boys from Golden Hurricast talked about those earlier in the week, but they're not the only two receivers that have made an impact in three games this season. Malachi Jones and Isaiah Epps have also made big catches this year for for Tulsa. Jones averages 77 yards per game and Epps 51. Folks, Tulsa slings it around the yard. Get ready for it. Um, I think Ole Miss has a chance to be all right, but this is a game that I've told you all week. Their 21 points or less streak is in jeopardy because Tulsa can score. So that is one thing you need to um, keep in mind. Tulsa's never had three receivers go for 100 yards, but they have had two. Now, Keelan Stokes and Juan Carlos Santana, they're ranked amongst the nation's top wide receivers. Um, Stokes is third with an average of 152 yards a game. That's a lot of yards, while Juan Carlos Santana has averaged 108 um, this season. Stokes has 457 yards and three touchdowns on 28 receptions. If you do the math, three games and 28 receptions, that's a little bit north of nine receptions a game. So it's pretty clear where Davis Brand wants to focus his passing game with, and that's Keelan Stokes. Um, he has, well, Santana has 326 yards and four touchdowns. He's more of the deep threat. I think he averages 23 yards per reception. Stokes has three 100-yard receiving games, and Santana went over 100 against Wyoming and Jacksonville State. In their career, Stokes has 10 100-yard receiving games, and Santana has five. So that is what we're looking at offensively. I just want you guys to know, by the numbers, because you know me, I like to dig into the game notes and find stuff. And when you look at um, the game notes, last week I made the comment that these game notes, um, I felt bad for the game notes person at Georgia Tech, and these game notes read like Vanderbilt. These game notes are legit. They just kind of put the stats out there, and you can just take them and leave them. They are legit. So, 
the um, the wide receivers, I think, are going to have a little bit of a time with these guys. These are good players. Now, this is the other thing that I expect to happen in this game. Those are good players. They need to come to play. That I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying anything about that. But I think the defensive back, they're going to have to play a decent game, which is important with Kentucky on the schedule. Now, that says, I do think a pick six happens this game. I think Ole Miss causes enough havoc at the line that Davis Brand forces a ball and gets picked off and taken back. It might be Igbenosin. It could be DeAndre Prince. It could be Miles Battle. I, I'm not sure which one. could be Tysheem Johnson for all I know. But somebody, I think, is going to jump a route and make a play. They have a chance to be a little bit, little bit special with what they're doing. So, I'm pretty fired up about that because I, I do think that is going to happen. I do think David Brin's going to throw for probably um, 275 to 325, somewhere in there, and probably two or three touchdowns. Uh, I do expect that, but I do think the INT level is going to go up. Um, we'll see. Ole Miss could come out and absolutely dominate this game. That wouldn't surprise me either because Ole Miss has done this all season. So I'm just trying to project because – Let's be real about something here. Everybody has a fear of a letdown this week. Everybody. Because of who is coming in next week. I've spent half of this week planning for what I'm going to do next week. Because next week is such a big game. If I am like that, the players are absolutely like that. And yes, you're going to hear them say all the right things. The coaches are going to say all the right things. But they're going to prepare with the knowledge of what is next. You know, the old saying that um, college football teams can only get up three times, four times a year. Like, really get up. That's the reason they need such a business-like approach and all that. Well, that's not going to be this week. But they are going to be up for Kentucky. Because all we've spent is the last five months talking about that game and how important it was. And I think we did a disservice to the team by doing that, honestly. But we did do that. But we talked over and over about that. Now, before um, Tom comes on here and we talk about it, if Texas A&M beats Arkansas, there's a good chance game day's in town. Because it's either that or um, Clemson and NC State. Those, those are the two options. Clemson and NC State have been six-day option by the by ESPN. They have a chance to be the primetime ABC game. Um, I think that's why they did that. And then on the other side, you have Ole Miss and Kentucky at 11, both of which are primary slots for game day, depending on what they want to do. And um, with there potentially being a hurricane out in the Gulf, now that could affect things as well. But – should be really interesting. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this Tulsa game. I've said for five months that this was our toughest non-conference game. Now we get to go let it happen. Now we get to go see exactly where we stand in the non-conference, get to 4-0 hopefully, and get ready for the SEC slate that is going to be real and it's going to be fun. I mean, we've got a, what is it, 10-game home winning streak with Tulsa can make it 11. And... There's a chance to grow that 12 with Kentucky coming to town. and You win that game, the home field advantage is going to be pretty good. Anyway, 
Tom Vanderford is coming up right after this short message from our sponsors. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications when we put a new video up, which is quite frequent, and of course upvote the video itself. Participate in the comments, tell me exactly where I'm wrong and why I'm wrong, and all of that good stuff as well. I'm here with Tom Vanderford for his weekly segment on Ole Miss Sports. How you doing, Tom? I am doing wonderful, wonderful. You're done, right, with with the chemo? Yep, yep, yep. Last a week from today was my last day of treatment, so I'm I finally have some energy today. All right, so you're starting to recover a little bit, and you're getting ready to start radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna give me a little break before the radiation starts. Yeah, radiation. By the way, um. It's yours. Yours is probably kind of like mine. Mine was like a cyber knife to where the intense, like gamma knife type stuff for the yeah. do the radio surgery, and it basically felt like a circle on my head um, was sunburnt at all times for for like yeah. a month straight. And and yeah. that that's a weird feeling, and you're just like touching it and scratching. It doesn't really hurt. It just, <laughs> you're, just you're just messing around with it. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's. We're three games in. We're 25% of the way through the 2022 season. What do you think we've learned about this Ole Miss football team? We've learned that they can win the games they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that if you take into account the App State-Troy game and then, of course, the App State-A&M game, uh, that Troy was a pretty good team to beat like we did. Um, and that's good. That's good. I, I can remember in the past sweating teams like like Troy. And uh, I think they progressed. I think uh, the quarterback position under Jackson Dart, because he's had more playing time so far, has progressed. I think he's still 19 years old, and he's still going to make mistakes. I think our running game uh, is good. I think we will run well against Tulsa. I think we will have limited passing against Tulsa. Uh, still, just to you know, get the guy in the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I'm really looking forward to in this next game Saturday, uh, during the summer, I think it was Tysheem Johnson said, we are going to have the best secondary in the SEC. So I look forward to Saturday going against the number one pass offense in the country Mm -hmm. to see how we do. It's my opinion that we haven't faced a pass offense like them, but they have in no ways faced a defense like ours. So I think it's a good test. Uh, I look forward to seeing how our D-line gets pressure on the quarterback and how we bring different blitzes and fits in to to try and disrupt their passing game. But we've got a really good secondary. Uh, I think that they're going to be up to the challenge. 
and I think we're going to do good. I think we're going to do good. Um, like I said, a little nervous, of course, because, I mean, anybody that's been an Ole Miss fan more than two weeks is going to be nervous. But I'm, I'm really excited to see what this defense can do against that pass offense. Yeah. Of and- course, I'm going. I'm skipping ahead to next week. That's when the rubber's going to meet the road. That's when we're going to find out what we're made of next week. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Um, But last year, Davis Brin, the quarterback for Tulsa, threw for 438 yards in the horseshoe at Ohio State. So do not freak out if they put up some numbers in the games tomorrow. (laughs) All that matters is that W. All that matters is that W. Yeah, I tell people one point or 40 points, it doesn't matter as long as you get the W. Because if you look back in time in five years – the only question yeah. will be, did you beat Tulsa? That will be it. Exactly. It won't have anything to do with anything else. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I like the game time. Uh, it's, you know, a, an afternoon game. Uh, glad I'm not going to be there because it'll probably be hot. But uh, that's one good thing about the chemo. Uh, doctor wouldn't let me go to any games. So, But anyway, uh the, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing the run game continue to, to play good. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for Jackson Dart maybe to have a little bit more uh, play. Uh, I loved him trucking the defensive back from Georgia Tech. Uh, it was, it was I a major league moment, though. Him. Huh? It was a major league move, moment. It's like, great yeah. play, Jackson. Don't ever yeah. do it again. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. But I noticed later on in the game, I saw some of the offensive linemen, mm-hmm. you know, patting him and talking to him and you giving him encouragement. And that's the kind of stuff that needs to happen uh, to make the offense more cohesive. But, yeah. <laughs> That's that's uh, going to be fun Saturday, I think. But you're right. Yeah. They're going to throw on us. They throw on everybody. Yeah. So that that's why I said I, I'm really looking forward to I think we've got a good secondary. And yeah. I think we have a line that can get pressure on the quarterback. So we'll see. Yeah, it should, should be pretty good. Um, and no matter what reindeer games Lane Kiffin plays with the quarterbacks – you can yeah. look at the stats. At this point, you have numbers to where Jackson Dart has 60 passes and Luke has 11. You can see the way that it, the teammates congregate around him. Like you said, the offensive line and Jackson, them cutting up. Everything points to him being QB1. They're not going to announce that. I do think this this is for Kentucky's benefit because – Ole Miss wants Kentucky to prepare for both. They want it to be as hard as possible. This will be their first test. And that's the that's where I think this quarterback situation comes from. That and Lane has genuine love for Luke Altmyer. And he wants he to does. make sure Yeah, he wants to make sure that yeah. it is perceived they absolutely had a fair shot at this. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, Luke Luke's a good kid. He's a good kid, and I would have no problem with him being QB one if that's if that's what happens. So, me either. Me either. Yeah, the uh, but like we we've said all year, and we said at the beginning of the year, the, the run game's going to be 
showcased in this offense. Now, I'm also looking forward to getting a little bit further ahead to uh, SEC play and see how good our run game is against the, the, the fast SEC defenses, you know, the elite defenses, the, the Alabamas, the A&M, so on and so forth. Well, you come out the um, gates with Kentucky, and Kentucky is a top ten scoring defense in the country. They're they're legit, right? Yeah, they are legit. They're mm-hmm. they're a top ten team. They're in the top mm-hmm. ten. Yeah. So, you know, we're we'll 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 get to see what they're made of and what we're made of. Uh, they uh, they 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 played Florida and and beat them, but then again, South Florida last week almost beat Florida. So we really don't know what Florida's got. And how really how good they are? Are they better than Georgia Tech? Heck yeah, they're better than Georgia Tech. But what, like I said, we will find out so much more about our football team and Kentucky's uh, a week from tomorrow. Do you want to hear a weird stat? Yeah. Okay, Tulsa, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky all play Northern Illinois. That's that's a common opponent for all of those coming in. Ole Miss does not play Northern Illinois, but we can look and bounce off of those. Already um, after this weekend, Kentucky, Vandy, and Tulsa will have played Northern Illinois. And that's that's some good data. Mm-hmm. You know, that's some good data to look at. I, I noticed that uh, Tulsa beat Northern Illinois, but they mm-hmm. just barely beat them. It wasn't a blowout. The only school they've blown out is Jacksonville State and. You know that every time I I read that name, it, it it gives me tremors. You know, but they're probably not that good. So we'll Richard, see. Richard ran for about two hundred and fifty yards in that game, if I'm not mistaken. They're they're yeah. they're a decent FCS program. Right. Actually, I don't even know if they're FCS at this point. They may have moved up. They're, I think uh, they have tried to move up to FBS. Yeah, uh, either this yeah. year or next year they're going into Conference yeah. USA. I think uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, they're moving to Conference USA to 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 you know backfill some of these people that went to the Sun Belt like Southern Miss. Yeah, you know what? What's absolutely crazy? Conference USA. Let's say 15 years ago, 10 years ago, before the American was created. Yeah. Conference USA was the dominant conference of the G5. It wasn't even close. After all of this realignment is going to happen, Conference USA is going to be dead last and made fun of the way that we used to make fun of the Sun Belt. Exactly. And now the Sun Belt is going to be the creme de la creme of the G5. Yeah, it's funny. It's all look at what's happened. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So before we get out of here, um, I talked with you about this off the air um, a little bit. Ben Williams got his number retired. We did our whole first segment of the show today on um, Ben Williams. What are your thoughts on that? I love it, man. I'm glad it finally happened. Mm -hmm. You know, Gentle Ben changed the face of Ole Miss forever. And he was such a good guy, a great football player but even a greater person. And I can't think of anybody else that would deserve getting their number retired more than General Ben. I just wish he was around to see it. Yeah. that I mentioned that today during the show. I just like, it's a shame that he's not going to get to enjoy this because this is absolutely a deserved fruit of his labors. Everything he's done with Ole Miss over the year, including playing and all that, 
is going to be a culmination. And even the Egg Bowl, retiring it at the Egg Bowl, he's a Yazoo City boy. The game would have meant something to him. That, yes, that's it kind would have. Yeah, that's kind of a cool twist. Yeah, I, I think that's neat. Mm. And I think that uh, I love that they're doing it at the Egg Bowl. I think that'll give us some uh, give our players some some additional reasons to go out and, and execute and have a good game. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't be I couldn't be more happier than than General Ben getting his number retired. I think that's awesome to have him up there with Eli Archie and Chucky. I just think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Seventy four is gonna go in the books for all time that's michael ower has worn that number yep. um yeah what was that number too didn't he yeah i, I think Little, so I think so, he wore that number. so that's actually a big offensive lineman number in the history of Ole miss but um it is going to go up and be retired i think whoever's wearing it now will be the last one that ever has ever gets to wear it it's if they want it they may change numbers next year anyway so yeah Anyway, get more of the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen every day. Chris Gordy and his host of local experts, me, um, of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Tom, thank you so much for coming by today. Um, it was really good. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, I'm yep. looking forward. You're going to join me um, Saturday night in the postgame show, right? Yes, sir. I sure am. Yeah, got Bill Flowers as well. So it's going to be me, you, and Bill in cool. the show post game. So, um, yeah, I, I will um, connect with you tomorrow, and we will do that. It'll be about, I don't know, about 7 o'clock, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll be about 7, 7.30. Yeah. No problem. Anyway, anyway, take care, bub. Hey, you take care. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.